The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. Hey, friends, and welcome back to Afternoons with Mike. On the phone with me right now, I have Dwayne Watt, pastor over at Liberty in Claremont. Dwayne, welcome. Welcome to you also, Mike. Thank you so much for having me on. It's uh, it's a joy. You know, the last time we were talking about this, it seems like a lifetime ago since we chatted. Uh, it's been less than two years, but we first met at the Christian Chamber at about the time that Mark Goldstein was going to be stepping down as the president. And, uh, and now Mark is, is actually working rather closely with the shepherd and so grateful for the many, many contacts and friendships that he brings to our table. But you and I chatted back then. That was in the middle of the pandemic. And yeah, we'll... that's just, just hard to believe. It's, it's like we were just saying, it's all a blur anymore. It's kind of hard for me to put my thoughts together on was it 2019, 20, or 21 with just about anything in my life anymore. So uh, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of crazy how things come together. And, you know, I, I just, it's a joy, too, just thinking about God's providence. Just, um, just to connect people, you know. I'm just, uh, uh, just always amazed on how God just uh, connects all of us together as uh, the family of God. Well, why don't you just remind everybody about your background? And I know that you worked with Care for Pastors prior to uh, going to the church, uh, and kind of give us your story, if you will. <laughs> Well, I, I will I will keep it as short as I can because um, uh, I certainly want to make sure that our Lord gets the glory through it all. But uh, Mike, my background originally was in the corporate world um, by trade. I came out of college and I uh, was a licensed uh, optician, which is uh, more so like the pharmacist of, of the optical field. Um, and uh, and I was with lens crafters for almost thirty years. Mm. Um, my my primary role, of course, was not necessarily as an optician, but uh, uh, I just kind of worked my way up the, the corporate ladder through the years and was primarily in in operations um, and in learning and leadership development, which were most of where my heart was with that organization. But uh, I got saved prior to uh, working with lens crafters and. But I was an adult when I came to know the Lord, um, and it just kind of positioned me in a place to be salt and light, you know, in the corporate world. Uh, I was always available for whatever the Lord had for me, but he chose to to, to keep me in that type of setting through, through many years. And uh, in 2016... Um, of course, the target on my back might continue to get bigger the longer I was with the organization. And uh, me and my team uh, got laid off, uh, and it was God's perfect timing. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved what I did. I loved the, the team that I had. I loved uh, working with uh, the executives in the organization and, and just kind of coming alongside them and supporting them in various matters. Uh, but it, it lent itself for me to just step back and go, wow, okay, here I am, uh, you know, in my 50s and just kind of looking for a second half, if you will, as far as what the Lord would have for me. Uh, it really, quite frankly, I was ready to just kind of take a break because I had traveled for so much for so many years. And 
but the Lord saw fit. My son-in-law, who uh, actually works for a wonderful uh, organization called Care for Pastors, uh, which is an organization that does counseling services for pastoral families um, just nationally, and they're based out of Leesburg. My son-in-law uh, works for them and is their marketing and IT guy and said, hey, Dad, uh, we actually have uh, an opening for a uh, director of development and so I had no idea what that role entailed until I chatted with them because it was fundraising. I had never done anything like that. Um, but God saw fit for me to work with them for a couple years from 2016 until 2018. The whole time um, uh, I've been you know, serving as an elder at our church at Liberty Baptist de Claremont. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, even when I was in the corporate world, I served as a lay elder um, and had no uh, idea that the Lord would lead me to end up being the pastor here. But uh, so in 2018, um, our uh, pastor, who I serve with as an elder here, um, he and his wife got called to another field uh, for the governor of Kentucky. Uh, they had a heart for um, adoption and fostering, and God had called them to that. And so at that time when we knew he was leaving, uh, you know, I'm running through my head, okay, we need to start uh, putting the pieces together to get a, a, a pastor. Uh, but they had already conspired, <laughs> and uh, he and the rest of the elders um, had prayed about it, and they said, we feel the Lord has led you uh, to be the pastor here. So that's been almost four years ago. I'll be honest with you, Mike. I literally told him, I said, y'all are nuts. Uh, <laughs> and, um, but I, I will, uh, I, I'm, I'm thrilled um, from the aspect, number one, of the privilege, but I really just, it wasn't on my radar at all. Mm-hmm. And um, I loved serving here as an elder, you know, taught and preached for, you know, we started the church uh, here um, 15 years ago. So it was, you know, the church family knew me. Uh, but I, I, I literally threw out a fleece, Mike. I mean, I figured if Gideon could get away with it, I can too. <laughs> and so um, I, you know, I just told the Lord, I said, if, if Lord, you really want me to do this, um, you're going to have to speak to my wife's heart. Um, you know, being a pastor's wife, you know, working with care for pastors, I got to see and experience just a lot of the challenges that um, pastoral families have. And so I went home uh, after the elders had uh, presented this to me, and I, I said, um, you're not going to believe what, what the elders are asking me to do. And after I told her, I kid you not, she said I was thinking the same thing. Wow. And so I, after she picked me up off of the floor, um, <laughs> I was like, well, okay, Lord, I guess this is what you want me to do. And we did due diligence. Um, you know, we... Uh, uh, you know, still kind of, I, I told him at the time I'd serve as interim um, uh, until, you know, we really seek the Lord's face and the church family's uh, will in this. But it all came together. And so um, that is the journey. And as I look back, Mike, what's really cool about it is, is that um, having the, 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 the experience in, in, in the corporate world and just dealing with various people and still serving um, in a local church, uh, I look back now and just see God's hand in, in preparing me 
And I like to share that with as many people as I can because sometimes we, we may not have something on the radar, uh, uh, but God does. And as long as we stay faithful, um, he'll give us uh, ultimately the desires of our heart. And I just love uh, serving this, this family. Um, uh, I love this community. I love our church family. And so I, without trying to sound super spiritual, I, I really cannot believe I get to do what I do. Well, I think that's a great attitude to have, regardless of what it is that one does, because of the fact that you mentioned this whole thing about a second half. And I I think a lot of people, when they're on a, let's say, a trajectory, as you were in business, they they have this assumption. I think most of us have it, that this is what we're going to do until we die. This is what we're going to do until uh, I stop working. And and so often that is not the case. So often God will move in our lives in a way and we get surprised, maybe even blindsided by this thing that um, you're doing. Now, obviously, you had a little bit of a leaning in to ministry in the sense that you were already at least a bivocational elder or perhaps just a, a lay elder, as you said, uh, in the church. So obviously you had a heart for ministry or you wouldn't have been doing that. But it's one thing, isn't it, to do that versus being the lead pastor at a church? Oh, no, indeed. Um, the dynamics change uh, tre- tremendously. And, you know, I'm thankful we, we have, when we started this church, uh, you know, uh, in back in 2007, um, we you know, we took the, uh, well, you know, uh, uh, what we believe is a, the, the most solid biblical approach is a plurality of elders as far as structure is concerned with the lead pastor slash elder kind of being the first amongst equals, if you will. So the, the beauty of that is I'm not alone um, mm-hmm. in that I have a group of men around me that not only love me and care for me and pray for me, but there is accountability across the board for all of us. And uh, and so it, that has been very helpful. But at the same time, um, uh, you know, I have a shepherd's heart, and uh, and so it, it elevates even more once you are kind of that that at least uh, from a public perspective a key figurehead in a local church. And so it is totally different, Mike. It is, and I don't take it lightly. You know, when I think about uh, a illustration that was given me years ago about living our lives with our lives being like an open hand to God, where we've got our palm facing up and just saying, Lord, uh, this thing that you're giving me, I want to serve as long as you want me to serve. I think most of us by nature would close our fingers around whatever it is that we're holding. But this picture of living our lives in such a way as we're submitted to the Lord and the things that he places in our palms to do, we want to do it, but that does not necessarily mean we're going to be doing that very same thing our entire lives. And the difference is obviously doing what you did. Like you said, staying to the point where you could have your ears open to the Lord. And, and even though we may be surprised like you were with your wife, when she so roundly and soundly, agreed with uh, that direction, we need to be listening to what God is leading us and how he's leading us and what he's saying to us, because it is often different. I like that picture of being the second half of our life. 
uh, we really don't know what we're going to be doing 20 years from now, not ultimately, right? No, no, amen. And, and I, that's a tagline I think I stole from Bob Buford. I think somebody gave me a book called Second Half, and, uh, and it, it's, it's so true. And, uh, you know, as you said, I, 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 everything you were just, just saying there, Mike, I just is hardly amen. And it's one of the things that, you know, I kind you know, could constantly just try to share with our church family about that type of mentality. I mean, the Lord saved us for a reason, and He's left us here for a reason. He has purpose, plan, trajectory for us to take, and I'm thankful I don't have a crystal ball to be able to see all the pieces of my personal life. Uh, You know, He's just asked us to take one step at a time, and, uh, you know, it's like that, that, you know, His Word being a lamp into our feet and light into our path. I, I like to always think about you know, strapping some some flashlights on your shoes in the dark, and it's only going to shine as far as you take a step, but it doesn't shine too far. Right. And so we just continue to take those steps, and and um, you know, again, he may keep us. I, honestly, I really thought that I was going to be uh, with the organization I was uh, till I, you know, I put an air quote retire, whatever that really means. Um, but uh, the Lord saw different things, and I just, you know, five years ago, I would have never have imagined that I'm doing what I'm doing, but I'm so <laughs> thankful, and um, I'll, I'll just continue this until uh, either A, he returns, or B, he takes me home, or C, he's got something different. But I hope that this is here for for the rest of my time here on this earth. Again, I just commend you for your attitude. I think that is the right way to look at it. Now, you're a person that I can ask this to and of, because a lot of people who are listening are involved in either, maybe let's say being a deacon member or involved in on the board at their church. You have this unique experience now of being on both sides of that uh, of that pendulum, if you will, one you were you were an elder, a lay elder, so you were attending meetings and kind of being led by the church staff, and now you've kind of reversed that out, and you're on the other side, working with people, like you said, still with a plurality of elders, and you've got people that are on your team, but now you're the lead pastor. What what can you look back at your life when you were on both sides of this and think that, okay, this is an important thing for all people who are serving on a board or maybe being a deacon uh, for the ladies, a deaconess in their church or serving as a Sunday school superintendent. What do you think are the most important things to have in the arsenal of our hearts when we come to serving the Lord? What what comes to your mind? Oh, wow, that's great. Great question, Mike. You know, I I would say, first of all, um, it's really fully understanding our role. Um, And, you know, God has established structure in uh, in everything with roles and responsibilities. And, of course, we're all equal, uh, especially as it relates to the cross and uh, but he's he's established various roles uh, to, to to not only of course in the structure of the family and all these different things, but within a church body, um, you have these various roles that have very specific biblical layout on what God intends for them to do. So, my first thought is is to uh, to to have a, a level of humility to understand whatever role God has called you to. 
um, it is a privilege. And 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 the moment that we start getting uh, ourselves in the way, uh, and 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 whether it's intended or not, where the pride has its opportunity to raise its ugly head, um, then we're 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 set up for failure. But if we keep a level of, and I like to use the word confident humility, it doesn't mean humility to the point to where we just uh, are walking around and just feeling like folks can tread on us. But it's a level of confident humility, um, and no matter what role. Uh, whether it's in in a a lead role or a supportive role. Uh, The other thing is, especially in the structure of a church, you know, unity is critical. And um, and I think that the unfortunate thing that I see and just hear about in so many uh, local assemblies is not practicing biblical principles when problems arise. Mm -hmm. So, for example, just practicing Matthew 18 and everything that we do, I mean, my church family knows that if they if they come to me and there's an issue, the first thing I'm going to ask is, did you go to that person first? And unless it's something that is illegal, um, if they say no, then I'm going to say, don't bring it to me. Um, you have to practice th- that biblical principle. And I think God honors that in keeping unity in a church. So you know, that questions you ask in those types of roles, whether you're in the pastoral role or deacon or deaconess or any of the supportive type of roles and leadership within the church, the we have an adversary who hates us, mm. and he will do everything that he can to destroy and to stir things up. And so the moment that those, those, role, those roles, uh, Mike, are critical to be a conduit for uh, ensuring that unity stays. And, um, and you know, problems are going to rise. You have to pray for wisdom and discernment. So that's a big, big piece, at least in my opinion, Mike, if whatever those roles are. And, and you know, to, to, uh, to understand wh- where God has placed us in the, uh, the humility that's needed um, to be able to function in the role. The second thing is, um, is, is, is prayer. I mean, it's just staying before the Lord constantly, um, praying that, that God will keep us humble, uh, as well as that God will give us wisdom and discernment and serving the church body, uh, as well as supporting, you know, the pastor and the rest of the elders. Um, you know, I covet uh, the prayers of, of God's people, and um, and when someone says, "Hey, you know, Pastor Dwayne, I've been praying for you," it just it, it gives me strength. It it, mm-hmm. it thrills my soul, and it just uh, helps me to continue to persevere. Hold that thought right there. We're going to pick that back up. Prayer is so critical. Uh, when we uh, return after this break, I have got Dwayne Watt on the line with me today. Dwayne's the lead pastor at Liberty Baptist in Claremont. We'll be back with Dwayne in just a moment. Back again here with Dwayne Watt, Liberty Baptist pastor from Claremont. Uh, You know, you're in that role now. I I really loved the last segment when you were giving that list of things that uh, I believe every one of us, regardless of what we're doing, that first suggestion of understanding our role, that's critical. Whether you're a worship team member, uh, I think some of the most frustrating things that I've ever uh, come across with people is that they are often not not only not understanding their role, but not often not satisfied with where God has them. And you know, I, I think of Paul's words 
He uh, said, pray for more faith that our boundary lines, our work, he called it our field, could be enlarged. And so there's that thing of faith in the hearts of people that that needs to be there. For someone serving as you're serving, there had to be faith on that board. When they came to you, Dwayne, they saw something in you that let them know that, well, you need to be elevated from where you are right now because, brother, you you can lead this whole shooting match, and that's really what you're doing. So faith grew for your work. And I think what a wonderful thing it would be to say, Lord, I trust you with where I am in my role so that if there's ever a bigger role that you want for me to have, you're going to cause there to be faith in the hearts of the people around me and those that I serve with already, right? No, indeed, and and, and that is so critical, right? And, and you just you triggered a thought process, too, because it's all aligned with this. You know, of course, we are people of faith as believers in Christ. You know, and then when you when you think about this organism of the local assembly, you know, God has equipped that local assembly with a group of people um, with different talents, but also more importantly, gifting. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, you know, no matter you, you know, sometimes people are in roles that they don't need to be in. Um, and it's not necessarily their fault. It's a lot of times they, they fall into those places by default because nobody else will step up. And But God has given, of course, every uh, member of the body of Christ at least one spiritual gift. And if people will practice uh, that gift, it just it helps the body to just to function so much better. And then, of course, the faith. Uh, that God will continue to honor, you know, the the uh, the exercise of those gifts. It just is a well-oiled machine, and uh, I, I my my heart goes out, you know, when you have somebody that's kind of been put into a role because they're willing, um, but they're really not gifted for it. But they're doing it by default because um, others may not be as obedient as we'd like for them to be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, speaking about the spiritual gifts, of course, the, one of the biggest questions, as you know, Mike, a lot of times people say, well, I don't know what my spiritual gift is. And, and granted, there's a lot of great tools out there that you can kind of at least get an idea, you know, based on your personality and based on how God's wired you. But I always tell people, just start doing, you know, get into a local church and, uh, and, and just start serving. And God will show you as long as you're open to it. Um, because if you're getting in there and you hate it, that's not your gift. <laughs> you know? If you love it, then that is, that's how God has wired you. He's gifted you mm-hmm. uh, to that. I, I, you know, I, I'm thankful that, that, that it's not Dwayne at all. It is all God, the gift of teaching and preaching. And, and, and I love it. I, I'm just, I, but it's all the Lord's because he's gifted me in that area. It had nothing at all to do with Dwayne. It was just God's grace, and uh, but I've been uh, even myself just in those places to where I'm not equipped for it, and I just was miserable. Uh, and then, and just having the faith that the Lord will guide and direct us to where He wants us to serve. You know, a gift. The, I believe this with all my heart. A gift from God will always make room for itself in that yes, congregation. Amen. If you're operating in what God's called you to do. Uh, there's just going to be, you, you could call it an anointing. 
You could call it the oil of God. You could call it the favor of God. Whatever you want to say to express that, there, it's going to it's going to rise up. It's going to be like the yeast in a, in the baking. It's going to rise. It's going to come to the top because a gift always makes room for itself. No, amen. Well said. And I I think it's like, you know, you said earlier, too, about the whole palms up type thing. I mean, as as long as we're available and and the Lord, you know, will guide and direct us. I I have come to find, too, through the years, you know, just as a believer that, you know, he, he, he gifts us in given areas depending upon that need, right? And so you may have somebody who um served in 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 role and very well and gifted in that uh, but God in his grace has given additional gifts to that person to be able to 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 function and all all he's looking for is somebody who's willing mhm now years ago there was a uh comedy you could call it this a comedy album i think it was really funny it was funny in a sad sort of way uh this fella i was back uh, back in the day this is 70s and there was uh, this guy that came up with this record, and it was actually gaining airplay around the country. And he's talking as a church member, uh, and you only hear his voice. You don't hear anybody else. But it's, it's a conversation going on between him and his wife. Now, again, you never hear her voice, but you hear him talk about the people, and it's, it's, it ultimately comes down to, yep, it's that time, dear. Uh, it's time to split the church. And and it, it, it was funny the way they did it. But then when you think, wait a minute, that's really not funny at all. It's sad because so many times that kind of talk with a husband and wife away, not happy, not understanding the way things are going in a church, they it, it can lead, can it not, to disunity, like, like uh, the kind of caustic problems that just does not have to happen. So it really is important that we have these elements that you're talking about, understanding our role, humility, unity, because there it's just so easy for the enemy to come in and stir up problem, discord among people, hurts, wounds, and the first thing you know, you've got a church that is breaking away from itself. Yes, and it and it's heartbreaking, you know, and that level of satire there because of all the truth in there, and uh, you know, I, I think that is the reality of us recognizing that we have an enemy, and we are dealing with spiritual warfare, and really, quite frankly, I see it even elevating even more in these last days. Yeah. And however long he, he seems to tarry there, I think we're going to see it um, even more, and we have to be aware of it. And I, I think that it, I, I will tell you, you know, uh, uh, you have to, you have to, you have to, well, I'll, I'll go Barney Five, nip it in the bud uh, as quickly <laughs> as you can. Right? I like that. You know? Nip it, nip it, right? And <laughs> I think uh, that might be the first time that's ever been used in my program. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so it's so critical because we have to protect the unity in in the body of Christ, and and we also recognize that God sometimes uh, there is some uh, some tears that are uh, uh, amongst the wheat, and mm-hmm. uh, you know if we love people, you know the first thing we do is that we approach it, and we, again we take a Matthew eighteen approach, but. I I, I just I see um, that uh, when when we when we approach it biblically and lovingly, um, when whenever those 
potential things start to arise, uh, if if you let it fester, it is not going to go away. In fact, it'll get worse. And I, the sad thing is, um, and, and you know this, Mike, is that I talk to people all of the time just out in the community and just sharing Christ and sharing the love of Christ and um, and and talking about spiritual things. And I can't tell you how many times that I hear uh, it's either specific or implied that people were hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I used to go to church when I was a kid or whatever the case may be, or even as an adult, and something happened uh, that that hurt them um, and wounded them, and so it's not like they're turning their back on Christ; they're turning their back on His bride. Mm-hmm. And um, and the, the you know, if we can get folks to first of all to understand, hey, we're all broken. Every single one of us are broken. Um, and yes, we fail at times, and we can't keep our eyes on man; we have to keep it on Christ. Uh, so that's that one thing to kind of help to navigate that. But the second thing is, is for us as believers in the local assembly to be so cognizant of our testimony, not only in the community, but amongst each other. And, um, you know, and granted, there are there are lots of people in a local assembly that are at different places spiritually. So we have to give grace to the weaker brother. And we don't want to be that stumbling block for them. We don't want to get in that way, but we want to lovingly to help them to grow and to pull them up. And uh, and I think that you know if you know if if we do that biblically and properly and constantly keep that aware, um, you know, because not everybody, in fact, you know, mm-hmm. and I'll use I'll put in air quotes that spiritual mature. We all think we're mature, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and our Lord's just shaking his head, and it's like, no, you're yeah. not there yet. Yeah, you've um, got a little bit more to learn yet. <laughs> yes, but, but we're also, we're all at different places in our walk. And boy, if we can just, you know, the the, the, the world's going to know us by the love that we have one for another. That almost sounds biblical, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> almost, so, yeah. <laughs> almost. And, and that's exactly, it's so critical, and we have to be very, very aware of that. And, you know, it's like this upcoming season, right? So here we are, we're in coming up into Resurrection Sunday. Um, this is that opportunity for us uh, to be able to, the folks that come out, you know, and we call them creasters, jokingly, the people who only come out at Christmas and Easter, uh, but that's okay because it's an opportunity for them to hear the gospel again. Mm-hmm. And we have to be so, so aware of of how we respond, how we act, how we uh, carry ourselves. And I'm not talking about being fake, but, you know, my goodness, there are so many Christians that are walking around and look like they've been baptized in pickle juice. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, please lighten up. Uh, don't put on a fake face, but be real. Don't be weird. Be real. And allow people to see Christ in us and recognize that we're still fallible. And, and, and I think God will be honored in that. You know, my wife and I watched the documentary that's out right now on the Jesus music. And it was, it was both wonderful to see and remember. And because I grew up in all of this and yeah. I saw all of this happen and Explo 72, the, the first thing that strikes you when you watch this documentary is the role that Billy Graham played. And he was one that had that thing that you were talking about when you were mentioning prayer a while ago. He exercised discernment. 
he realized what was really happening when so many other people were criticizing these that were really being um, moved by God. These young people, they didn't look like everybody else. They didn't look the way that some people thought they ought to look or dress the way they should have dressed. But there was something going on at heart level that was real. And the person that recognized that was Billy Graham. And he became, uh, I guess you could say, just like a, a calming force in, in this movement. And I believe God used him mightily to bring mm. about what was a, not just a new genre of music, but more importantly, a revival that affected us all, whether we realize it or not. That revival impacted America in a great way. So it is really, really important that we be a peacemaker, that we have the discernment, that we are careful about what we say, that we need to be aware of those around us and and believe God's going to use us to bring encouragement. No, amen. And, you know, you just triggered just through that whole process with Billy Graham and, and others like him. Uh, I think it was experiencing God, Blackaby, that, that said, you know, to, to, to let's step back and see what God's in do, doing and, and join him in it. Yes. And or something to that nature. And I think that's it. It's like, you know, all right, sometimes when something's going on, just because it's change or God working, the, the natural side of us that is trying to be, you know, uh, super orthodox or whatever verbiage we want to put on it, have a tendency to to uh, to not allow God to work and then join him in it. And there's such that fine line, and you, you're right on. I mean, that, that whole movement has just uh, had such an impact, and all of the great uh, teachers and preachers who came out of that era that are still teaching and preaching today and having such an impact on so many lives and people coming to Christ. And um, I wish we had it all figured out perfectly, but yeah, God's grace is too. good. You know, I, I, um, uh, I, I just love to just, you know, that faith that you talked about earlier and um, constantly keeping up. You know, I, I, I wish God had a red light, green light. You know, just even decision making, right? You know, I mean, yeah. yep. uh, you know, you're seeking his face, and you know, do we do this? Do we do this? You know, and you're trying to reach the community with Christ, and you want to be careful not to get caught up in, you know, all of the the, the stuff. But at the same time, you don't want to ride off and throw the baby out with the bathwater. And I, I, I wish God, if I just in prayer, would just have this red light, green light. But He doesn't operate like that. Sometimes He just says, "All right, just, just." make a step and I'll, I'll show you along the way. And so I seem, seems to, seems to be working so far. Yeah, it does. And you know, the book of James, James gives us this wonderful word that if we lack wisdom, if we lack understanding, ask God and he will show us maybe not in exactly the same time frame we want, but he's going to answer that prayer and he will do it. And we just need to be patient, but it, it takes sometimes that discernment, to know what's going on, and and that's really the most important thing that we can do in that moment. And in a real way, that's already making a decision, that we're not going to move until we know what God wants us to do next. We're going to stay rooted where we are. No, amen. And, and, and it's, you know, in fact— 
you know, that's when, when we are observant in that area and just in through prayer and asking for that. Uh, just a little twist on that, too, Mike, that I found, you know, in discerning the Lord's will, and I can't necessarily claim I've probably picked it up from somebody through the years, but I'll, I'll make it sound like it was mine and seem really special. But, <laughs> you know, in, in trying to discern the Lord's will, I've... I've traditionally, years ago, would always look for four things, right? Okay, first of all, go to the Word of God. If it's contrary to the Word of God, clearly that's a no-brainer. Um, but does it align with the Word of God? Uh, uh, godly counsel, you mm-hmm. know, seeking godly counsel from, from people that we trust, and not everybody who intentionally finding somebody who's not going to give us a yes, right? That's that's important. Thirdly is outward circumstances. God, if it's His will, will start to put these things into place. But that fourth place I used to always wait was uh, was the uh, uh, peace, right? Mm. Uh, peace in our heart. And I found Mike that there were times that the other three um, were in place. All right, it certainly aligned with Scripture. I uh, had good godly counsel. Said yes, move on this or whatever the case may be. Uh, circumstances seemed to be aligned, but I just didn't have peace about it. Hey, let's pick so that I, back up, Dwayne. In a moment, we're up against a break, and this point's way too important. We don't want to lose it. We'll be right back. Dwayne Watt is my uh, guest today from Liberty Church in Claremont. We'll be right back. Back again with my guest today, Dwayne Watt, Pastor Dwayne Watt, lead pastor at Liberty Baptist in Claremont, and a uh, second time for Dwayne to be on my program. It was way back in that gnarly 2020 year that uh, it really does seem like a blur in my on my mind, in my brain. So many things. I mean, let's face it, Dwayne, it was only supposed to be two weeks to flatten the curve, right? Oh, please do not even get me started on that, Oh, my goodness. That could open up a can of worms quickly. Oh, absolutely. Now, we were talking at the end of segment two. We were talking about this list of four things. So before you get on into number four, which you had just landed on, give a quick review in case somebody just uh, joined us, just tuned in. What were those four things, again, that we should really be employing? Yes. So in, in just in my own personal life, just trying to discern uh, God's will for a, a specific decision. And the first thing is, of course, does it align with the Word of God? Um, secondly, uh, godly counsel. In other words, seeking godly counsel to be able to, to help you to discern, is this the Lord's will? The third thing is outward circumstances. It appears that God will start to put things into place um, to kind of validate that this is the direction. And, and by the way, all four of these things need to be in place uh, for me personally. That's just kind of my guide guidelines that I do. But the fourth one was, do I have peace about it? And what I found, Mike, is that some I used to wait until I really had peace about something before I would move forward. All the other three were already into place, but I, I just maybe didn't have peace about it. And what I found, not in every case, but in most cases, um, I didn't need to wait. What God was waiting for me was for me to take that first step of faith. Then he'll mm-hmm. give me his peace. And, and, and because he's looking for that obedience. He's like, I've already put the other three in place for you, Dwayne. Now you're going to have to trust me. And I like to use the analogy of the children of Israel with, under, the, under the guidance of Joshua, and they're going, getting ready to cross the river now. And it wasn't until the priests put their feet into the water, the roaring 
you know, rapids uh, before he split it. It would have been nice that as they're approaching it with the Ark of the Covenant that God would have said, okay, and split it. But no, he didn't. He waited till they put their foot into the water. And that's kind of what I found is, is that if those other three things are still in place, sometimes I'm not going to have that peace until he says yes. I mean, you know, Gideon's a prime example. Uh, we can use many that um, he's just looking for obedience, and then he'll give us that peace to show us his will. And I and I don't I can't say that's the formula for everybody, but that's just for in my own life I found to be very helpful. Oh, I love it, and especially when you consider the fact that God's government is a government of peace. I mean, that peace. He gave he gives us that armed sentry, if you will, from uh from the word of God that, that stands outside our heart and guards us and keeps us in perfect peace. And mm. and that is something that we really need to find. And uh my father in law, uh, he went to be with the Lord just a little while ago. Uh he used to tell me often about really when he was making a decision, the role that peace would play in his heart. And to him, uh, that I learned that from him. He would make that a priority. If he had to make a decision, but he didn't have peace about it, he wouldn't make that decision. He wouldn't yeah. choose that until he could get peace in his heart. Yeah, that doesn't mean we don't have those times to where there's a little bit of edginess on both sides of a decision. That can happen. But in those, I don't know, another friend that tell me, when that happens, then you choose what gives you the most peace. Mm-hmm. And, and you go with that, and you you trust the Lord with the balance, and that's well, the way yes. to live. And that's and that's the neat thing about being a child of God too, right? Because He knows our heart, and and even though there's times to maybe you know we're seeking the Lord's will and we're asking Him, and again, this is where that red light, green light would be very helpful. But God doesn't work that way. Uh, even if I make, um, maybe it's bad timing or something like that. I'm so thankful, Mike, that we don't serve a God who plays whack-a-mole with us because he's not looking for us to make, he knows our heart. And if we're seriously just trying to just seek his face for a given decision or whatever, even though it may have been the wrong decision at that time, for whatever reason, uh, he's not going to just whack us on the head. He's just going to pick us up. He's going to cause all things to work together for good to those who love him, to those who are the called according to his purpose, and will guide and direct us and say, okay, wasn't my timing yet, but I'm going to make this work because he knows our heart. Now, the opposite of that, of course, is just pure defiance, and I'm going to do my own thing. Uh, then, okay, we're going to have some consequences for that. But mm-hmm. I, I'm just thankful that we've got this gracious, loving God. Oh, I'm so thankful we do, and I'm thankful that he leads us through. Again, we've come through uh, what is, uh, in my lifetime, the most unusual couple-of-year period. I think everyone would agree uh, this has been and continues to be a challenging season for our country, for our world, really. It's a worldwide thing. But I do believe that we're seeing, in spite of what Dr. Fauci may be telling us at times, I do believe we're seeing things return to where we can kind of get on with our lives, and and we need to do that. And there's so many other things. I like how you said it earlier, don't get me started on that. <laughs> I think everyone feels that way about some of these issues. But we've got to move forward, and we have to remember, as we do, 
that the Lord is still the Lord. Even Amen. with the pandemic uh, that did not catch Jesus by surprise, he is still the Lord. No. Amen, brother. And as a matter of fact, it's it's one of those things that I have done, you know, the best that I can to really to encourage our church family, even through all of that, because, you know, it doesn't really, depending upon where a person lines eschatologically, you know, within times, uh, knowledge in, in, in the study of that, uh, you know, I firmly believe that the rapture is imminent. And uh, with with that being said, no matter when he comes, all of these things that this chaos in this world is just a setting the stage uh, for what it, 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 the Bible is clearly telling us of that which is to come. Um, so the world stage is being set, and that shouldn't upset the believer. That should encourage us because God's word is true. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, things are so precise. On, on laying a foundation in these last days. And, it, of course, it could be another 100 years before he comes. Who knows? But I'm seeing things so rapidly, so precise, prophetically, of setting the stage of things to do it. That encourages me. It should encourage God's people because his word is true. And, you know, many have said this, but it's not like things are falling apart. They're falling into place. And it's exactly as God said. And so that should encourage me, but it also should encourage me to tell others about Christ. Yes. Because if his word is true, which it is, and if all the prophecies concerning his first coming came to fruition exactly as the word of God said, then there is no reason for us to believe that everything for his second coming is not going to happen exactly and 100% like it did. And we're seeing that, and it should be prompting us with love to reach out to people, to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, because that is the only hope that this world has. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, whether it's the the uh, the the, the pandemic or plant pandemic almost said that out loud didn't I? Um, <laughs> I think or, you did, but <laughs> uh, or whether or whether it is um, the potential distraction that we have in Russia and Ukraine, which my heart for the people are is just is is, is just so heavy. But God is working, and people are coming to Christ uh, in Russia and Ukraine. Um, all of that stuff. I mean, things are going to escalate more and more. And so, as God's people, we just need to be prepared from the standpoint of not getting discouraged, being encouraged, because God's Word is true. Mm-hmm. And remembering that in the middle of it all, while we're in this weird time, especially when you think about what's going on in Ukraine, it, it is a time that we continue to pray in faith and continue mm-hmm. to ask God daily for mercy, ask God daily for wisdom, ask Him daily for discernment, and ask God to move on the behalf of those dear people, because we have to remember the fervent, effectual prayer of a righteous person brings about much. It avails much. And that is so easy, isn't it, though? It's so easy to forget in light of uh, world problems as serious as they are. But these world problems all added together do not take God off the throne. No, amen. And and he is sovereign and and it's it's encouraging to know that that we you know, that he is has it all under control. Uh and you know, it's also prompts us as God's people to to be be intentional in in, you know, putting putting our 
our uh, pocketbooks or our feet to what we say. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, uh, these dear people, um, you know, need uh, practical uh, uh, assistance in, in ways that shows the love of Christ. And so um, God is, is, is working, I believe, in just preparing the hearts of people globally um, uh, to, to at least seek his face. And, and, and I know that God is still in the saving business, and it's, um, it is a, a wonderful, exciting time to be in. Not something to be discouraged about, and you hit the nail on the head. Uh, just, just that effectual, fervent prayer, and and God will uh, hear us and move accordingly. Dwayne, it's so easy for me to see, uh, <laughs> from a distance even, why uh, those uh, other fellow elders uh, gave thumbs up to you, my man. Uh, you have a heart for God that is evident and clear, and I I just so appreciate you. And thankful for you, really. Tell us a little bit about Liberty and, and uh, how people can get in touch with you, where your church building is located, etc. No, bless your heart, Mike. Thank you so much. Well, um, yeah, so we're Liberty Baptist uh, of Claremont. So, and I always have to say of Claremont, we're intentionally there because Liberty Baptist is not like a unique name. So uh, there's there's some all around Lake County. Uh, but we're in South Claremont. Uh, we're uh, off of True Life Way, 11043 True Life Way in Claremont. And I, so I remember that all- address. That is a great address for a church. I know it. How about that? Well, the old name of the road was Cemetery Road, so <laughs> something had to be done, you know. And uh, but so we're in South Claremont, right off the Lake Shore, off Lake Minnehaha, and um, you know we're we're a small congregation. You know, we're we're not a. It depends on who you say. Some people go, "Well, oh my goodness, that's a big church," but we're not. We're you know comparatively to to some of the larger churches, but we're we're not about. We'd rather go deep than wide. Mm-hmm. And so um, we're we're out here. We have uh, we're excited about um, our our upcoming service for Resurrection Sunday. We're a little bit different this year as far as timing, but of course uh, we're having a sunrise service. Um, our property uh, faces um, the, the one side uh, is perfect, uh, and the back side there towards the east. And so we we'll, we set up outside in the dark, and then as the sun comes up, we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord. So that's uh, at 7.05 uh, this year. And then we'll have breakfast afterwards. And part of that, Mike, is biscuits and gravy. So that's a plus some some breakfast casseroles and just to encourage uh, our community to come on out. Then uh, we have a gospel Easter egg hunt uh, to where um, we share the gospel and have uh, goodies for the kids, but also are intentional about sharing the gospel. And then our normal worship service is at 1040, but uh, because of Easter this year, um, it's going to be at 940, but our our worship services are there. Uh, Our website is usually has just about everything we need on it. It's LBC for Liberty Baptist Church, and then Claremont. So lbcclaremont.org. And then we're also very active on Facebook and Instagram. Wonderful. Dwayne, thank you so much. And we wish you and the congregation at Liberty a wonderful Resurrection Sunday. And it's just a couple of days away. It's going to be here, and it's going to be a great reminder to us all that He is risen. He is risen. risen indeed. Amen.
Amen, my brother. God bless you. Thank you so much. This has been a joy, and uh, I'm very, very thankful for uh, allowing uh, us to chat a little bit together today. It's been a blast. That again is Dwayne Watt from Liberty Church, Claremont. And friends, thanks for joining me on Afternoons with Mike.